Friday, May 4th, 2001. The sun was shining. The Twin Towers still stood. But come nightfall, life would never be the same for Hollywood star Robert Blake. His wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley, was shot dead in Studio City, California. That's today on Death in Entertainment. Live from Los Angeles. 911, what is your emergency? Here in Hollywood now. Two counts of murder, injury, and death. Oh my God! Shocking new details that has stunned the entertainment world. Um, this makes me a little nervous. The hair stood up on my arms. Just like in the movies. <gasps> what do you call this thing anyway? Death in entertainment. What's going on, deados and deado heads out there in the world? Oh my God. We're we, talking to you. We are returning here. We are back. Yes. Thank you guys for signing up for the Patreon. We got uh, you know, a couple people out here, Macklin McGloogie, Rebecca Elgood, first two to rush. Yeah, it's the hottest list in, in Hollywood right now. Absolutely. Thank you for listening. We love you. Uh, my name is Kyle Plouffe. My name is Mark Mulcairn. And I'm Alejandro Dowling. And today we get into the crazy story of Mr. Robert Blake and the murder of his second wife, Bonnie Lee Bakley. Is it a crazy story? I didn't know. I thought it was pretty tame. Yeah, right? pretty tame. <laughs> I don't know much of the details. <laughs> Nothing yet. to see here. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty chill. Yeah. Classic only, case of uh, classic case of former child star kills wife. Yeah. Allegedly. That old tale. We have to throw in the allegedly part. Yeah. yeah. It's only the biggest true crime story in Hollywood. Bum, bum, bum. In the bitch. Yeah. <laughs> was this was this one done in time, actually, for AJ Benza to do that show on it? I don't think so. I don't know if he did it. Yeah. I, think, I think he was done by then. I think so, yeah. Because he had a short-lived talk show after Mysteries and Scandals. So this is the first true crime show about this murder. Ooh, that's that, probably not true. That's probably not true, <laughs> but why, why can't I just say stuff like Since that? Since he died. Yes. 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 All right. First true crime show about this murder in this room today. Yeah. A couple of qualifiers, but we'll take <laughs> it. So the first true crime. So there, therefore, my statement stands. Yeah. <laughs> we will take that, and we will also take our asses to May 4th, 2001. Okay, pop culture flash for May 4th, 2001 in the world of movies. Mark, please tell us what's going on. Uh, let me help you out there. Uh, so 2001, May 4th, um, number three movie at this time is Bridget Jones' Diary. Wow. Yeah. Renee uh, Zellweger. Based on the hit novel by Helen Fielding, two million, copy, two million copies are sold of this. Wow. This is when Renee Zellweger had her original face. Wow. Yeah. They Which we've discussed before. They recast her face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, people go through changes. David Bowie went through changes. Everyone, That's true. Everyone changes, okay? <laughs> and the gimmick for this movie and the book, actually, it's about, I don't know how to put this delicately, but it's about a neurotic fat chick who smokes. Okay. Hey, okay. Right well, that, up my alley. I mean, I'd argue with you there about, you know, but th that's the, literally the log line <laughs> <laughs> of the movie. That's the elevator pitch. Yeah. And she received an Oscar nomination for it. Yeah. What? 
the wow. typical gain some weight for a role and you get nominated. Hey, yeah. Brendan Fraser, let's go. Yeah, that wasn't even real weight. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's unfair. Yeah, fat suit. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was a fat suit. I mean, that would be insane if that was real weight. <laughs> now that I even think about it for half a second, like why did I even say that? <laughs> that would be insane. Yeah. If he did, De Niro that. Or... Yeah. <laughs> De Niro would have gained the weight. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I'm gonna be a whale. I'm gonna be a whale. Okay. Yeah. Can you milk me? This week on my 600-pound life, yeah. Robert De Niro. <laughs> Pretty good. Um, number two, movies at this time. Uh, driven. Oh, we'll drive a car. Oh, is that with Stallone? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Yo, a- Adrian. Yo, Adrian. Hit me up on my next toe. Hey, look, uh, I'm in the car now. No. I'm, not bar- I'm not in the ring anymore. I'm in the car now. <laughs> real, real. <laughs> yeah, driven. Yeah, who uh, driven here? Adrian. <laughs> 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 um, the film was a flop. Even though it's number two, it was still considered a flop. Big wow. time. Yeah. They, it got Ant-Man and the Wasp all over the place. <laughs> um, it grossed 54 million war- worldwide on a $94 million budget. Yeah, that's not good. Stallone said he wishes he had not made the film. <laughs> wow. <laughs> what a hot take. Yeah. A, a movie flops, he wishes yeah. he didn't make it. Yeah, what a bold statement. So you pumped the brakes. Yeah, he got some balls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you hit the brakes on that idea. Drive this. On that log line. Uh, number one movie at this time. Uh, the Mummy Returns. Yes. Ooh. And Speaking of Brendan Fraser. Yeah, we're returning to Brendan Fraser. Yeah. I know. Uh, first appearance of The Rock as the Scorpion King. Um, the worst CGI that's ever been in a film. Some would say that. Yeah. yeah. We have the photo up here, and it looks like a character from Nintendo 64. Yeah. yeah. It is not good. Or Super Nintendo. Yeah. Let's I like, go lower. I like when the post team just gives up on a movie. It's hilarious. Yeah, I thought, like, when this happened, The Rock was, like, really trying to make his transition from uh, wrestling to mainstream films, obviously. I believe it was his first movie. Yes, and when I saw that, I was like, his career is over. This is That's not his fault, though. That's that's the post-effects team that's putting that crap together. That's true, but I was like, this is going to be such a mockery that people are going to be like, we don't want to deal with this guy. But and then deal he goes, with it. He's, it's not like he's a tough person to deal with because he got bad CG done of him. What are you talking about? We didn't like your CGI. Yeah. We, we, we found out in the past, like, you hate things for, like, irrational reasons. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Most people saw the movie. It looks shitty at the end, but they didn't really care. Yeah. You got what you had anticipated. A, yeah. A dumb movie. So. All right. Yeah, I think we figured it out. Uh, let's go over to the music at this time. Alejandro? Okay. And may I say... I believe this was before May 4th became Star Wars Day. Ooh, oh, I forgot May the 4th be with you. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because at that time, The Phantom Menace was the most recent movie. Oh, and everybody right. hated it. Yeah. Still had a sour taste in people's mouths. Okay, so music. Number three. Thank you, Dido. Mm. Thank you, Dido, for making this song. Yeah. This, we um, got two songs out of it. Spent three weeks at number three. How do you like them apples? Hey. First appeared in the movie Sliding Doors with recent Victor Gwyneth Paltrow. Was, was, was Affleck in that too? No. Okay. This is the one where she plays two characters and it's like two worlds. Two different I, I'm realities. Not get into yeah, it. It's the metaverse. It's- 
So that was back in 98 when the song came on the scene. And then it took until 2001 to hit number three on the charts. Yeah. And in the meantime, Eminem sampled it in his song, Stan. Yes. That was in 99 where, where he did that, right? 2000. Yeah. Okay. And she played Devin Sawa's girlfriend in the video, Dido. Ooh. And then, of course, Elton John stole her thunder at the Grammys and sang her part with Eminem. Oh, yeah. Then they fucked. What, Elton and uh, Eminem? Yeah. Uh I hope so. Because it was at the height of (laughs) when he was considered homophobic for his lyrics. language. And then Elton's like, he's all homophobic, and then performed with them, and they hugged. Yeah. All right. um, Number two, Survivor, (laughs) Destiny's Child. With Beyonce and the other two. Yeah. <laughs> before, before the dad's like, hey, uh, Beyonce, well, let's get rid of these two other girls. The yeah. dead weight. Yeah, they are. They were dead weight. I know. They were basically backup singers. Let's be honest here. <laughs> but one of them was in Kyle's favorite movie. Freddy vs. Jason came out on my birthday. I know we've talked about my with, birthday a million Kelly times. With Kelly Rowland? Yes. Oh, yeah. It came out the fucking day I turned old enough to see rated R movies by myself. Okay, I hate to cut you off, but <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. Very sad. I'm Saw going it three times the first day. <laughs> going to number one right now. There we go. All for you, Janet Jackson. It's all, all for you. That was a big song that summer. It was on the charts a while. Yeah. And based on this picture for the single, she looks more than half naked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's kind of her MO. Well, when you think about it, she got so much shit for the Super Bowl. Yeah. It's like half her career she's been naked. Yeah. What was the big deal? Yeah, We've th- all seen it already. I think your direct quote was uh when Justin Timberlake ripped her tit off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a crazier story. <laughs> yeah. If it actually got detached from the body. <laughs> that would have been like fucking Frankenstein <laughs> shit. Yeah, the implant yeah. flies off. <laughs> it's just directed by Ari Aster halftime show. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so I think that's it. That's it. Yeah. May so, the fourth be with you. Yes. And all of us. All of us. All right. Mr. Robert Blake. Uh, he was born... His name was very different. We've we've talked about this before with certain stars. It's, it's a lot of stage names out there. Yeah. You would never be able to guess what his name was because it's not even close to Robert Blake. His name was Michael James Gubatosi. 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 Hmm. Yeah. That sounds like a like a disease from the 30s or something. <laughs> he died of <laughs> gubatosi. chronic gubatosi. <laughs> hey, don't get that gubatosi. You say, hey, want a paper? Yeah, it's just a mild case of gubatosi. Gubatosi, going across the nation. Read all about it here. <laughs> or it sounds like a crappy Italian meal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, pass over the gubatosi. Hey, I'll have the steak gubatosi. <laughs> hey, boss, I'm, I'm really backed up from this gubatosi. <laughs> <laughs> this gobbledy gubatosi over here. Hey. I got to cut out sick for our mob work. Hey. <laughs> if he knew what he was doing, he'd be fucking Guido Gubatosi. That would be fucking That'd a great, be great name. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That's perfect. That I'm writes itself. Guido Gubatosi. <laughs> yeah. You know how many roles he could have played on The Sopranos? Uh, oh, every one of them. them yeah. yeah, it'd be like Eddie Murphy. Yeah, <laughs> yeah the Nutty Professor scene, the dinner scene. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he even could have played the mom when they had to do the CGI after she died. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So he was born September 18th, 1933 in Nutley, New Jersey. 
um, which, mm. you know, he credits September 18th. He doesn't actually, he never had like a birth certificate to go off of. Uh, in a 2011 interview, he stated that he really doesn't know when he was actually born, but he believes his birthday fell sometime in September or October of 1933. I have a hot theory. I think maybe just to get some of the child roles that he was like wanted or needed when yeah. he was a kid. And just like he wanted, he wanted to keep his, you know, birthday a mystery. So he could get certain roles. Ooh. I know kids that I played, uh, you know, Little League with, uh, you didn't know exactly when they were born. <laughs> <laughs> they had a mustache yeah. at age seven. <laughs> Fucking Danny Almonte. That was a kid. He was like uh, from the Dominican or Cuba or something. And they yeah. said he didn't have a birth certificate. And he was striking everyone out. They're like, this kid's going to be a pro. He was fucking like 18 years old, and that's why he was striking out 12-year-olds at the Little League World Series. I, I wish I did that. <laughs> He's like, hey, I'm up next. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, his kid's in the audience. Like, yeah. come on, Dad. <laughs> He's spitting tobacco on the ground. <laughs> uh, Robert Blake, he had an interesting childhood. His parents were actually vaudeville performers. Hello, my lady. Hello, my darling. <laughs> Hello, my weird kid. (laughs) (laughs) So he spent his childhood until he was six years old performing with his family's vaudeville act. Uh, During his childhood, Blake moved with his family to Hollywood, California, where he ended up working as an extra for MGM Studios. Um, I think the plan was for the parents to try to get movie roles and stuff, but they just didn't. Yeah. the, They're the, like, you lack talent. Yeah. Well, but I, your kid, he's got something. Yeah. He's got spunk. That kid, Gallardi, whatever his name is. Uh, Gubatosi. Gubatosi, yeah. <laughs> no, but it, it, the parents age like uh, Robert Blake did. I'm, I could see why Hollywood's like, yeah, I think we're all set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, Robert Blake was the good looking version yeah. of that. Yeah. Yeesh. <laughs> yeah. Yeesh. What's the bad looking version of that? Yeah. That gene line. At six years old, he got a starring role for Our Gang which is a series of shorts that later became known as the Little, the Little Rascals. He starred as Mickey, and at that time, he changed his acting name to Bobby Blake. Okay, so we're working towards Robert Blake at some point. Uh, Bobby Blake. I'm Bobby Blake, okay? That's a great child actor name. Yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. I'm Bobby Blake. It's no Guido Gubatosi, but uh, it's something. Yeah. Um, like many of our stories, we've talked about this before, uh, would you believe me if I told you his dad was an asshole? Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week, bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. Yeah, probably. But but if it's coming from him, though, it's one asshole ah. calling an asshole an asshole. Hey, so. calling the kettle an asshole. Exactly. But at this point, Bobby Blake is an innocent kid. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Being, uh, assuming he's a kid, we don't know his real kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he was born in nineteen. He's, he's twenty-two years old. Yeah, yeah. he's like Hasbulla. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
He actually experienced a horrible time growing up, suffering physical abuse from his dad and being introduced to liquor and cigarettes at a very young age. Oh, no. Yeah. Not liquor and cigarettes. At six? <laughs> Mark, <laughs> what's wrong with you? I didn't know it was six. I That's it horrible. Was... Same thing happened to Drew Barrymore. Yeah. On the set of E.T., she was like smoking Marlboros and... Chugging is her, her and Spielberg just ashing into like the same <laughs> same asteroid. <laughs> so what do you think of the movie? Yeah. So it was crazy because like people thought like, oh, these just these innocent little kids like playing the little rascals. That set was like so toxic. All those kids became like drug drug addicts and alcoholics. Uh the way they were worked and I think you were saying before that they were actually like made to drink to like stunt their growth. Yeah, I think that's possible. I think they did that with like the band Menudo and stuff. Oh like God. a lot of these where there's like a, you know, incentive for them to stay young. Like they are trying to, you know, hint, hint, have some cigarettes or, you know. Yeah. And Ricky what? Martin turned out okay. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. boy. Except for the whole. Those charges were dropped. Doing okay? his nephew thing. So were his yeah. nephew's pants. Yeah. He bangs, he bangs, he bangs his nephew. Ooh, boy. Okay. Yikes. Boy, living la vida loca over yeah. there. Yeah. Oof. yeah. So apparently they're trying to pickle these kids with like whiskey and cigarettes. Pickle? That's so yeah, disturbing. Stop. Keep them small. Oh, Wrinkle okay. them up. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Mark, did you that really need to <laughs> I don't know. him to elaborate? I don't them? know why I even asked. <laughs> <laughs> but it seemed to happen to a lot of the original Little Rascals. Like, Carl Switzer was the original kid who played Alpha Alpha. And that's like the main character. Yeah. He had that hair Yeah, the hair that up. stuck up in the back. Yeah. yeah. Um, he was extremely troubled as a kid. And he would show up to the set drunk before he was 12 years old. So, Holy shit. Yeah. It's going to be a future episode, by the way. If you like the Power Rangers episode, boy, the Little Rascals episode is yeah. going to blow that out of the water. There's a lot of stuff going on in this set, I bet. Yeah. And AJ Benza nicknamed him... Uh, Pint-sized Dirty Harry. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. That's, that's yeah. an episode. Yeah. I mean, if you don't know, there's a little spoiler alert to you know tease you to listen, but... Uh, uh, little Alfalfa was murdered later in life. Oh, my Lord. Bum, bum, bum. But moving on to Robert Blake. Okay, anyway. Uh, during his teen years, he landed a lead part in this drama, Moki, in 1942. Big movie. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and then he had a starring role in the Red Rider Western series. He also played the younger version of actor John Garfield in a movie called Humor-esque. And John Garfield gave him a quote that he would recite this till the end of his life. This was like his mantra. And the quote is, Life is a rehearsal. Your performance is real. Ooh. Wow. Imagine oh, yeah. telling that to a little kid. Yeah. <laughs> like, so my life really means nothing. <laughs> yeah. Imagine screaming that at Piers Morgan after you murdered somebody. Yeah, he said that in the interview, he didn't did. he? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll get to that later. Oh, okay. Uh, by the mid-1950s, he was really turning to dramas, like getting away from comedy. Uh, he was doing TV work and small parts in films like Apache War Smoke in 1952. Another banger. Screaming Eagles in 1956. The Rack. Uh, whoa, whoa, hey. Whoa, 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 Let's whoa, whoa. keep it kid-friendly Some here. Titties yeah. over yeah. here. Was it the Playboy Channel? <laughs> yeah. Uh, three Violent People, 1957. That's just the top three little rascals. Did he play all the roles in that one? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, and The Purple Gang in 1960. So by the end of the 50s, Robert had starred in more than 70 films and television roles. 70. 
Insane. Man. We were talking about that in the William Desmond Taylor episode. Yeah. That they would just knock those movies out really fast yeah. back in the day. But like, did Robert Blake, did he ever say no? Like, I'm not going to do this? Or yeah, he, I, he just kept working. Huh? Why would you? Do child actors know to say no to movie roles? Yeah. I mean, at that point, you have an abusive dad that's like pissed off that you're getting roles, but you're bringing in the bacon, so you got no choice. Yeah. And uh, he, would you rather be drinking on set or be at home getting kicked around by your fucking asshole dad? No way. That was yeah, the only close, time. But... <laughs> <laughs> Let me think about that. Yeah. What's he wearing on his foot? <laughs> I think that was the only time that he received love. Yeah, yeah. On is, the set. and adoration is when he was in front of the camera but because he ki- wasn't getting it at home. When yeah. you're a kid actor, like that's when you're getting all the attention in the world. You're the most important person there. Mm-hmm. Like you have your names on the chair and on your own, you know, room and stuff. And like, like Quiz Kid Donnie like Smith. Quick, yeah, exactly. <laughs> From Magnolia. Yeah, that uh, uh, William H Macy's uh, character. And then as, he's as a, a kid. Sad yeah. sack middle yeah. aged guy. He's hanging out down the street here at Magno- at Foxfire Magnolia. <laughs> 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 trying to trying to fuck some bartender guy. Yeah, <laughs> he got braces to impress yeah, him. Yeah, yeah. Oy vey. Yeah. yeah. During the sixties, Blake landed more noticeable roles, including the World War II adventure PT one oh nine in nineteen sixty three. Which is based on the story of J- John F. Kennedy. Crazy. Like when he yeah. was younger in the military. Yeah. Yeah, when he was, uh, he signed up for World War II, and he actually, not like one of those rich kids that actually, you know, just didn't see any action like George W. Bush. He actually was uh, in a uh, PT boat, which is the boats that they had in the um, the Pacific theater of World War II there, and he, he helped save like 10 of his uh, colleagues or Comrades or whatever. I, this is crazy to me. I mean, I took history when I was a kid, but I didn't realize. Oh, really? He was actually. <laughs> Wait, back up. Rewind. You, you took the, the the non-elective course of yeah. history when you were a kid. They forced me to take history <laughs> class. But I didn't realize JFK was actually in World War II. Yeah. That's crazy. He what was, war did you think he was in? Uh, I Iraq? didn't think he was in any wars. Yeah. We, they're politicians. The you know, war? they're fucking Kennedys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He thought he was Lincoln. <laughs> they're fucking yeah. bootleggers. They're rich as fuck. Oh, they don't have to do anything. I'm going to free the slaves. Yeah. What do you think it was in Terminator 2 <laughs> Judgment Day? <laughs> uh, yeah. God, that'd be so much better. Come with me if you want to live. <laughs> then he gets shot. Right <laughs> <in the back. laughs> Boom. <laughs> Are you John Corner? <laughs> <laughs> uh, a little thing I wanted to mention, Kyle, before we move forward here. Um, Robert's uh, dad dies by suicide in 1956. So a couple oh, of years wow. before this, his dad actually does die. And, and Robert ran away from home at age 14. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So he's like um, just living on his own as a child actor, like roaming the streets of Los Angeles or something. His dad dies wow. by suicide in 1956. Like he's basically all alone. Yeah. By the time he's 14 years How old. How traumatic. That's Oof. insane. Yeah. And Phil Spector's dad also killed himself, remember? Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. Man, these are crazy. Crazy uh, crazy times. Crazy times. <laughs> and that's not the only parallel, which I know you'll get into later. Absolutely. Between Spectre and Blake. Yeah. yeah. Th- this is a very uh, Dipod universe heavy episode. Oh, perfect. Uh, in 1967, Blake starred in the popular murder drama In Cold Blood. A film based on Truman Capote's. Oh yeah, this one. Book of the same name. Yeah. 
This is not with the uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman one, actually, which is a well. This is another Diepod. Speaking of Diepod crossover, yeah, we just did them amazing performance in Capote. Yeah, Capote. But, Capote. but this was the original movie based on the book by Truman Capote. And I bet you are wondering if Robert Blake had a Capote impression. Hey, I bet he he seems like he does. All right, well, I will get right to it. Please do. <laughs> Hello, Robert. Hi, this is Truman. Like I didn't know who the hell it was. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Truman, where you are? I don't know where I am, but there's an ocean, and people have gowns on. I think I'm in the Principality somewhere. We talk for hours. (laughs) We talk for hours. Because he says that. He didn't meet Capote while making the movie. They met afterwards, and they became dear friends. I bet you Capote's like, I don't know who that man is. Who the fuck are you? And the, the insane part is Truman Capote would have been fascinated by Robert Blake's later life. Yeah. Oh, 100%. Didn't his, live to see it. His later work. His later work. <laughs> <laughs> Robert, did you really kill your wife? Robert, you got away with you. Yeah. <laughs> I like, what's the name of that restaurant where you killed your wife? <laughs> Blake at this time received crazy critical acclaim for the portrayal of uh, the homicidal drifter Perry Smith in this film, uh, in Cold Blood. So huge role, huge movie catapulted him. Still was a TV, to another league. Still yeah. was a TV movie, but it was like a, a good one. I don't think it was a TV. Oh, movie. really? Yeah. This was actually an official release. Yeah, this Never was in mind. theaters. I delete that. Then. Yes, strike that from the record. Strike that from the record. <laughs> Let the record show. Yeah. yeah. Let the record show this picture of Robert Blake on the show Beretta, where he became the lead actor. In pretty much, uh, you were saying, I believe, is the first anti-hero like cop drama. Absolutely. Yeah. And he and, was the bad cop in that. Yeah, he was like, uh, yeah, he's like the Vic Mackey from the Shield kind mm-hmm. of thing. Yeah, not necessarily bad, but he would use questionable tactics to rules. get what he needed. He's find a, the, the evidence. He's the tip of the spear. He gets, he's a, he's a tough guy, but he gets the job done. Yeah. yeah, and this cemented his tough guy persona. Yeah, yeah. because it, I think he. You know, cultivated that over the years. Oh, 100%. absolutely! But at, at this time, he was doing Beretta, which was one of the top shows. Yeah, for a few years. Yeah, and then he was also doing like over a hundred appearances on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. Yeah, there's like a history of that now. Like former child actors that want to be like tough guy, like gritty, like uh, TV actors later on, like. Um, Ricky Schroeder, remember him? Oh yeah, he was a little cute child actor. Yeah, for and then a while. he wanted to be like a badass. Was he on mm-hmm. NYPD Blue yep. or something? I think he took over for David Caruso. Yeah, when Caruso thought he was bigger than the show, uh, and he like would never look at the camera or anywhere else. <laughs> the South Park uh, premiere episode had a big joke on that where. They're like, do an impression of David Caruso's career. Then the baby just jumps. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, he thought he was gonna be a hot shit. Like, why first of all, the first question to me is why is this Italian guy have red hair? <laughs> <laughs> if you can get over that, you yeah. could he could have been a bigger star, I Italian think. ginger. Yeah, yeah, it never made any sense to me. <laughs> yeah, so for some reason, like you said, Robert Blake wanted to be Mr. Tough Guy. Yeah. And he later claimed when it was convenient for him to do so that it was all an act. 
it was just, you know, all his stories were embellished. And- yeah. Yeah. He wasn't a tough guy. He was, uh, you know, he'd never heard a fly. All of his Carson appearances do not look good for what comes later in his life. Really? Which is a possible murder that he committed. Because every time he would go on, he'd be like, oh, you know, I got to go back to therapy because, you know, I'm just a hothead, man. Like, I just, yeah. oh, I got really? rage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and would just, like, brag about how crazy he was. Yeah. He's like, and, hey, Johnny, you, uh, you know, you've been divorced a couple times. You, you ever wanna... just want to strangle your wife? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he would say things like yeah. that. Yeah. Maybe not quite so extreme. But... Yeah, but right th- on that level. Like, but I think he wa- also wanted to be entertaining on that show, too. You wanted Johnny to keep having him back. Yeah. Which is like, why would Johnny even have him on? But he was also a horrible interview. Like, he would he would not answer questions. He'd look around at, like, the studio and be like, oh, what's going on with that? Like, just not answering shit. And argumentative. And argumentative, and yeah. And weird, yeah. And then they finally swapped seats. And because uh, he was saying, like, oh, you know, I'd like to have your job at some point. And Johnny's like, by all means, let's switch. And then uh, he's like, oh, so Johnny, you know, uh, uh, how'd you get to be such a funny guy? And then he just fucking takes out a cigarette and is just looking around, like won't answer the question. It's <laughs> <laughs> like, turns... I got it. I got the bitch on it. Yeah. And then he turns to him. He's like, not so easy, is it? <laughs> uh, yeah. So Beretta lasted for three years. I thought it was way longer than that because that's how people remember him. Mm-hmm. Um, it was only on from seventy five to seventy eight. If Some a show sh- if a show goes for three years now, that's like a failure, basically. Yeah, yeah, it's weird. He got uh, he won an Emmy Award for Outstanding Lead Actor in a Drama uh, the first year in nineteen seventy five, and by this time Blake had also become known for his often volatile behavior, which you know he showed a little bit of on the Carson Show, but people were hearing crazy things behind the scenes too. Yeah, I have an example of that. Yes, too. you do. Robert Blake hosted Saturday Night Live in the early 80s during <laughs> the Dick Ebersol era. That yeah. sounds like a crazy episode. <laughs> when Eddie Murphy was the big star. Yeah. Yep. And so Robert Blake is in the writer's room with one of the cast members named Gary Kroger. You know, the yeah. household name, Classic. Gary Kroger. That could have been Kroger inspired by the Seinfeld uh, boss name. Or the supermarket. <laughs> or the supermarket. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? He's a cashier there. He's a... Did well for himself. (laughs) So they're in the writer's room. Kroger comes up with a sketch called The Breezy Philosopher, which the gist is it's like a tough biker guy who reads poetry to the students. Hilarious. (laughs) Classic. (laughs) And so then Robert Blake looks at Gary Kroger in the eyes, dead on, and says, I hope you have a tough asshole, pal, because you're going to have to wipe your ass with that one. (laughs) And then he takes the sketch, crumples it up, throws it at Gary, and it bounces off Gary's forehead. <laughs> oh. I think he comes from a time where they like shitting on writers and like, you know, ab- you know, abusing them, you know, you know, verbally is what is the norm in Hollywood. Yeah, a lot of lead actors would like fight for their persona that they wanted to and they still do like they fight to have like themselves come out on top and look better so it like embellishes their brand off stage by by intimidating these kind of like squirrely you know cowardly writers you know that's how you do it we talked about that on the charles rocket episode too yeah the way some of these writers were treated yeah Horribly. Yeah. 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 They they have to work there, you know, like twelve, thirteen hours or something, or like they they have to bust their ass. Yeah. Those, those like four 
very important days on the lead up to the you know the Saturday Night Live. Yeah, he but did. it's also like okay, so the sketch is stupid, no big deal. Like, yeah, why are you throwing things at people? Yeah, no shit. Well, he thought he was a hot shot. Maybe he's like, I'm doing SNL. You know, I'm I'm on I'm on the rebound back. I'm allowed to be shitty to people because I think that's it. that's what he learned. You're allowed to be shitty to people if you're if you're doing good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's almost like preferred. I feel like you get better results from people if you're like such a sociopath, like piece of shit behind the, se- well, behind the scenes. Well, <laughs> yeah. that worked for Roseanne. Yeah, absolutely. Didn't until it work didn't. so well for other people. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, until it didn't. Until she tweeted about Valerie Jarrett. I, recently I heard- thought the bitch was white! <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, in all caps. <laughs> no, but I recently heard that um, one of the original like EPs or showrunners of Roseanne and he wrote a uh, like a letter to the studio why he was quitting. He said he was going to do a very he's going to live a quieter life in the streets of Beirut because that's when there was like a current <laughs> war going on. So that's hilarious. So like I think everyone it was like an in, inside known that it was like it was a disaster. So oh, hundred percent. And I'm I going think, to take a holiday at the Gaza Strip. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Norm Macdonald said that she put like numbers on their back and would say like eighteen, you're out of here. <laughs> oh my god It's like a cattle call Terrible Yeah exactly yeah. And so Blake thought He could do that He did that on Beretta Yeah Berated the writers And asked for Better scripts Demanded them And he was Carrying on like this Until people realized You know what You You're not such a hot shot anymore No yeah. he, he Berated them Hello <laughs> His later career He subsequently Appeared in a slew Of TV miniseries And special movie projects during the 80s and 90s, including Of Mice and Men, in which uh, Lenny chokes a fucking person to death by accident. Wait, is he the, the choker? Or no. Is he, was he the... <laughs> no, he's not big enough. He's he only like 5'1". Yeah, yeah, that's Lenny's true. like fucking 6'10". Yeah, that wouldn't make sense. Uh, based, obviously, on the novel by John Steinbeck. Uh, in 1983's Blood Feud, a dramatized account of RFK's pursuit of corrupt labor organizer Jimmy Hoffa, he played Hoffa. Really? Mm, Solidarity! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ooh-ah! Yeah, we'll have to see how it stands against... I'm organizing! Ooh, yeah. <laughs> you got a great union! Yeah! Look at me, I'm 45! <laughs> I'm a teamster! I'm not 88 at all! I'm a young guy, <laughs> even though I have a walker! <laughs> I've been... De-aged! <laughs> uh, barely! Yeah. You got your head all the way up it! Yep. So we're going to have to, yeah, compare those two uh, versions of Hoffa. He actually got an Emmy nomination for it. So didn't win, but got the nod. Uh, and then after that, for the next 10 years, he withdrew from Hollywood. That was it. That was like his three-point shot. Gone. I don't know if that's really a three-point shot. <laughs> like, Nailed no. Hoffa, got the Emmy nomination, and was like, fuck everybody, I'm out. Yeah, it's like a deep two. Like, yeah. It's not like it was Rain Man. From the field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Did he have enough money to, like, you know, get away from Hollywood for a while? Is that what was going on? You would think so. I he mean... claimed he had about $25 million in the bank. Really? Before the trial. Yeah. Uh, in 1993, so a full decade later, he staged an unlikely comeback, receiving another Emmy nomination for his performance of New Jersey accountant turned mass murderer in the TV drama Judgment Day, the John List story. What? <laughs> Which you can't use Judgment Day right after T2 comes out. 
I, that's definitely some marketing person, some marketing whiz is like, let's throw this in there. Yeah. So people get confused. Yeah. <laughs> it's such a slimy, scummy thing to do. It Where's works, the robots? Apparently, you know, people <laughs> get tricked. Because it's at, it's at Blockbuster, which is still booming at that time. And someone's like, hey, honey, let's get Judgment Day. I heard that's good. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one you were thinking of, they right? they think, yeah, they saw it somewhere, so it feels familiar. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Like Total Recall. Yeah, the like, story of Helen like Keller. Some- <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking hilarious. She, but she has really good memory. <laughs> Yeah, it has nothing to do with the yeah, actual yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, Blake ended up going to film after that, landing supporting roles in a movie that we've already talked about, Money Train, in 1995 with Jennifer Lopez and Wesley Snipes. Yeah. In the role that Dennis Hopper would have gotten. Ooh. Yeah. Keep it over 50, hot shot. <laughs> <laughs> that was that, not a good Dennis Hopper. But that was, uh, yeah, I don't, that was, a, it was someone. I don't know who we it was. We were just going to let it slide and <laughs> move on. Yeah. It's not a big deal. I tried. But it was like white men can't jump, but now they're on trains. Oh, nice. <laughs> white men can't ride trains. Yeah. <laughs> can't rail. Movie produced by John Peters. Who was immortalized in the movie Licorice Pizza as a maniac? Yes, as Bradley Cooper, uh, uh, another hothead uh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, and you know how he tested Robert Blake for the role? <laughs> Fought him. What? They wrestled each other, and then because Robert Blake didn't throw a punch afterwards, Peters hired him. He's like, "Hey, I was just testing you to see how out of control you were." Was John Peters like a big guy? I wonder. Like he's beaten up to no. five one former child. Yeah, he must not be if he thought it was going to be like a fair fight I and guess like so. just see how he reacted. Like if he was huge, it just looked like a psychopath. I like how you, I like how you're backing up John Peters. Like, no, John, John, <laughs> wouldn't, John wouldn't do that. Okay? Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't do it. <laughs> I know John. All right? He's and a probably, hairdresser turned producer. They're both. They're both. He is. Yeah, oh, really? no, that's true. The yeah. movie Shampoo with Warren Beatty was based on John Peters. Oh, okay. About a um, like a you know like a what do you call it? a Lothario hairdresser who's yeah. straight. That yeah. was John Peters. Yeah. But um, what was I going to say? Does oh, a yeah. straight person refer to themselves as a Lothario? Is is Lothario <laughs> when you have sex? I don't know. Oh, was that like a like a real uh, man whore? I don't know. I think so. Maybe. Okay. We'll table that one. A gay yeah. man whore, I would think. Okay, well, Dados, what do you think? Yeah, let's, let I'm us a, know. I'm a fucking Lothario. <laughs> oh, here we go. <laughs> okay. All right, let's move on. Here we go. <laughs> but imagine those two fighting if they were both diminutive guys. Yeah. yeah. It must have looked like Peter Dinklage wrestling <laughs> Willow. <laughs> <laughs> These two crew guys are like, we're going to stop this? Nah, that's too much fun. Take it out the popcorn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> then, uh, just a few years later, he ends up teaming up with uh, none other than David Lynch for one of his you know, most unique roles, most remembered roles from Lost Highway. And Robert Blake looking like a vampire from hell. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, just kind of rolls up to him and just starts spitting some game. He looks like a vampire who scares other vampires. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he looks like the weirdest vampire out there. He makes Bella Lugosi uncomfortable. Yeah. <laughs> he deals coke to other vampires. <laughs> <laughs> and the clip starts out with an uh, interview with Blake on set. Yes. It's a very striking clip because. If you don't realize that he's doing an interview, it's very weird because he's talking as himself and he looks like a fucking lunatic. So yeah. be prepared, everybody. Here we go. You know, I don't want to go play another cop. I don't want to do all that junk. I've wasted 99% of my life in front of the box doing nonsense. The box? 
So it's nice to feel like an artist and to be around artists <laughs> he looks, he looks and on that level. This looks like a, a scene from uh, Things We Do in the Shadows or something. <laughs> <laughs> We've met before, haven't we? I don't think so. Where was it you think we met? My heart rate went up. At your house, don't you remember? As a matter of fact, I'm there right now. Oof. Call me. Yeah. Yeah. And then after that, he calls him. He's like, hi, I'm at your house. <laughs> Very chilling. Told moment. you I was here. Yeah. Not not David Lynch's best movie, but I, I liked it. It's got segments that are fantastic. Like that yeah. one, that scene. And, you know, the soundtrack Kyle mentioned, amazing with Nine Inch Nails and David Bowie. And yeah. uh, Smashing Pumpkin. I think Billy Corgan. Yeah. On that. The yeah. cinematography outstanding yeah the plot is incoherent of course well that's it most of his movies though it's it's you know it's very close to being incoherent david lynch yeah exactly david lynch said that robert blake told him i didn't understand any of it (laughs) yeah and meanwhile he's on in that interview saying it's good to be a part of film again yeah (laughs) (laughs) i know i like how he says i wasted most of my career with nonsense and he's talking about lost highway yeah Yeah. (laughs) like that's the most nonsensical movie (laughs) yeah it's good to be around things i don't fully understand (laughs) yeah like my own rage (laughs) and another side note is natasha gregson wagner is in that movie in flagrante (laughs) Hey. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> she goes topless yeah she yeah. does her and baltazar getty who is heir to the getty family fortune uh, of the getty museum and and all that uh jazz with the story about uh the, the it was uncle his dad actually is the one who got kidnapped and uh john paul getty his father would not pay up right away. The all the money in the world yes. family? Yeah. Oh, wow. That's his dad. And his dad got addicted to drugs afterwards and became a paraplegic, but still gave birth to Baltazar Getty. Huh. Wow. Um, so in his marriage and love life, right? In 1964, he married actress Sandra Kerry, and they had two children, Noah and Delina. Hey there, Delina. Yeah. Delina. Not Delilah, Delina. Oh. Uh, They divorced in 1983, and then he spent 17 years uh, playing the field, I would imagine. (laughs) What does that look like? Into Not good. Was he on the dating apps? (laughs) (laughs) With that picture from Lost Highway? Yeah, he's doing the 900 numbers, (laughs) leaving voicemails. Don't you, re- a, don't you remember wait, me? Wait, he's just cold calling girls. <laughs> As a matter of fact, I'm at your house right, right now. now. <laughs> I'm in your pants. What are right you doing? What are you doing Tuesday? <laughs> the call's coming from inside the house. Uh, in 2000, he wed Bonnie Lee Bakley, with whom he had a daughter named Rose. Bakley. Bakley. Oh, I thought he said Bagley. Bakley. Oh, I thought it was Bakley. Ed, Ed Bakley Jr. <laughs> uh, so it's crazy. I don't know how much he knew about her before they got married, uh, but it turns out she was up to some shady things. She was kind of like uh, like a black widow. A grifter. A grifter. Yeah. She would 
kind of bleed people dry. We don't have an official number of how many people she married beforehand. It's anywhere between like nine and 19. I've seen those numbers. So, whoo. And but, so she burned like, a lot of people. Uh, like unsuspecting guys that like, hey, uh, maybe I'll just date this it's girl. It's always someone with money, obviously. She okay. always had an angle and she always got out of it. With a little bit of cash. Yeah. And she was obsessed with finding a famous rich guy to marry. It kind of, he, a famous guy, though, because she was even hitting on Dean Martin. But when Dean Martin... Would he even know what was going on? Yeah, when he was in you know, his declining years in the 90s. Uh, would he wear the big glasses? Yeah. Would he look crazy? In the wheelchair. Yeah. And then she was courting him, and then he died. So she didn't have a chance to marry him. Oh, my God. He was like, I got to go. (laughs) (laughs) But then, uh, before she married Robert Blake, apparently she was dating Marlon Brando's son, Christian Brando, right? And she was probably dating Marlon Brando, too. (laughs) (laughs) He kind of sounds like in Cold Blood guy a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) Hey, I talk like this. Capote. Capote. Yeah. You Capote and the Godfather. Yeah. yeah. That would have been great. Make him an off white camera for you. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, she's kind of similar to me. It seems like it's kind of like Phil Hartman's wife. Yeah. Where she's kind of dating these other people in Hollywood and she's just trying to like, you know, hitch her, you know, uh, uh, caboose caboose to like someone very famous or yeah. something who's got a lot of money yeah who can actually help her career maybe but it seems like she doesn't want help with her career she just really wants money no, i don't think she had any aspiration for a career a little bit oh really from what i know she had no discernible talent <laughs> but she well who doesn't this time <laughs> she had recorded a song before okay and she was modeling so she had a lot of random Photos, yeah, you know, and I think she did a little bit of softcore porn, really. But don't quote me on that. <laughs> <laughs> and then she got into credit card fraud. She would steal people's credit cards. Yeah, wow. and I mean a, a ton. Like she left a trail of destruction and chaos. That's a straight up criminal enterprise. Yeah, yes. Like say what you will about marrying a guy and then like finagling it. I mean that's just working the legal system, in my opinion. But when you're actually stealing people's credit card numbers, like that's you I know, think LA not good. LA is the the base. It's like, you know, what grunge music was <laughs> <laughs> it was the Seattle of the nineties, like Grifters <laughs> is to Los Angeles always. It's, it's just, the place for it. Yeah. It's true. A lot of, you know, small time crooks and just hustlers around here, you know? Yeah. Uh, and they met at a jazz club. Yes. Which is where um Bob Crane used to frequent. Yeah. He was. You remember he would drum in these jazz clubs, yeah, and, and then find women to have sex with. Yeah. And then him and what was his his buddy's name? Willem Dafoe's Carpy. Car- Carpy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> him and Carpy would. Uh, Carpy DM. Pull some. Carpy be swinging a tripod around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's got a boom mic over Bob Crane having sex with some girl. Yeah. <laughs> while, he's jer- while he's jerking off, he's got the tripod <laughs> yeah, yeah, up his ass. Yeah. He's the sound guy. He's the you know, audiovisual guy. Yeah. You know, he's a cinematographer, Carpy. He's a man of many trades. <laughs> so he this is. is that same scene, but 20 years later. Yeah. So Robert Blake is hot off a lost highway. Yeah. Probably got a big hat. He's like, Did you see me on Tom Snyder the other day? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> At 1.35 a.m. And picks up this Bonnie Lee 
Bakley, whatever that. But hell. he must be back. You know, that's what happens. You know, the you, bitch is back. The bitch is back. <laughs> the blank is back. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, and what you were saying before uh, was that she was pitting Brando and uh, Robert Blake against each other almost because she got pregnant and told Brando that it was his kid. And did she tell Blake that it was his kid? Both of them, yeah. Oh, my God. So, yeah, she's getting these two people. All riled up. Yeah, exactly. At each other, yeah. Yeah. And didn't Brando not want to have it? Well, he wasn't sure, but he definitely wanted to know if it was his kid or not. Mm. And she wouldn't tell him, but she wanted him to think that it was his kid, obviously. But she went as far as to name the kid Christian. Wow. Even though, like, uh, like Junior, yeah, basically, yeah. But it was, of course, Blake's kid. It turned out. Did they end up doing a DNA test? Yeah, it was. It's his kid. Oh wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, So that sounds like a crazy Maury Provich right there. But he was pissed (laughs) off because one of um, Blake's assistants overheard uh, Christian Brando one time saying somebody ought to put a bullet in her head. Jesus Christ. Sounds like that might have happened. I think yeah, on many times he's uh, confessed to this murder. Yeah. But he must have saw a shooting star that night. Yeah. <laughs> he saw a star shooting. <laughs> uh, we do have a, a taped phone call that Bonnie would often do to people. She would record phone calls and then try to put them in uh, predicaments, trying to get them to admit to horrible things so she could blackmail them. And this was uh, a taped phone call between her and Robert Blake. Oh, my. So... Her friend said that if you were talking to Bonnie on the phone, you were being recorded. That's how often she did it. Like, and how does that even the mechanics of that working? Like, especially in the nineties, yeah, yeah. it need, took like, a, a lot more. Setup. Yeah, to set up this phone um, call, she's trying to set Robert Blake up like he wants to sell the baby for money. Yeah, it's intense. What a accusation! Why would he need to do that? He's got twenty million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you told me about those people that wanted to, you know, buy the baby for a hundred thousand. Like what people? What baby? What are you talking about? So I'm just telling you, you know, what I know. And um, what I you know, know. I'm just like thinking it over, and you know, like, but I didn't have time to I think. What you're talking about? Well, I was all stressed out, and I didn't have time to think about it. I don't know what you're talking about. The baby. You said that the. I would never sell my child. What are you crazy? What well, the. Nuts. Well, why'd you ask me then to do it? I never asked you, Jack. What? <laughs> okay, boy, never mind. Boy, you are really getting weird. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. I mean, yeah. you got to question somebody when they make Robert Blake seem normal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I believe. He's the voice of reason in the conversation. Yeah. yeah whether or not he was involved with uh, what we're going to end up talking about. Uh, I believe that he never fucking said he wanted to sell the kid. No way. Not yeah, a I don't. I don't believe that. I don't think he's a good guy, but I don't think he ever talked about that. Yeah, she was using that. Uh, she wanted collateral in case she ever needed to extort money from him. Exactly. But there's nothing there. There's yeah. no there there. Yeah. So in May 2001, Blake made headlines when his second wife Bakley was shot to death while waiting in a car outside a restaurant where the couple had just dined. Not only a car, it was their car. And there's a lot of weird things that came into play with this. The restaurant is named Vitello's. It's in Studio City right down the street. Uh, it was their favorite restaurant. And I was there multiple times before I realized that this is where this fucking, all this shit went down. 
Yeah. You're uh, like, the, the pasta here is really good. I wonder why. Because <laughs> <laughs> for some reason, like, when this happened, I was in high school, and I remember, like, I didn't really know Robert Blake. I just knew, like, the Phil Spector and Robert Blake thing kind of happened close to each other. Yeah. And, you weren't a fan of the Kennedy TV movie? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I just assumed that the shooting happened at their house. Um, and they went there so often, they actually had a dish named after Robert Blake. They did. Called Fusili alla Robert Blake. Cor- corkscrew pasta in garlic oil, spinach, and fresh tomatoes. They should have just co- called it corkscrew gubatosi. <laughs> that would have been way better. Um, but apparently what happened was this. And, and their house, by the way, is less than a mile. It's .75 miles away. Uh, three quarters of a mile, if you will. Okay. Walkable. Wow. Yeah. So what, runnable. Uh, apparently what happened is they ate at the restaurant and were walking back to their car about a block and a half away. Okay. Uh, that's already weird to me because you're a famous guy. You had to call to make reservations. Why don't you call and say, Hey kid, throw your keys at them, park my car and uh, I'll let you know when I'm leaving. Yeah. Um, in LA though, in studio city, I don't find it that strange to park a couple blocks away. Or when you're like calling ahead, being like, hey, put a cone in the street and I'll pull up right to the front. Well, he's got $20 million. He thinks he's a hot shot again. I think he would just, he wouldn't be parking a couple blocks. Away. Okay. Yeah, you would think like it's a part of the, the whole prestige. What is this, part of the, this on Ventura? Uh, this is on uh, one of the canyon roads, I believe. I'm just playing devil's advocate that. Around Studio City, I've had to walk plenty of blocks. I'm not Robert Blake, though. But this is 2001. Maybe it wasn't as congested as it is now. Like right, right now, now, it's like crazy over there. There's like yeah, there's homeless a lot of and shops campus and, stuff. and shops. And yeah, yeah. Uh, it's on Tahunga. Tahunga. Okay. okay. Yeah. Yes, I know where that is. All right. Yeah. Yeah, you usually can get a spot right up front there. Okay, so you're saying he intentionally parked a ways away, but there's valet also there. Yeah. Do we know that? Do we know that this restaurant had valet? Wait a second. Let's put a twist into it. What? Because we do know that, in fact, Vitello's, well, I was driving by the other day, Vitello's does have valet. What we don't know is- <laughs> Exhibit A here. here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We've, we'll get there. Yeah, here big. we go. We got the smoking sign over yes. here. Yeah. So I was driving by uh, when I was going to work the other day, and this- fucking sign was there and it blew my mind i need to contact someone at vitello's to find out if they installed a valet or started doing valet after this situation no one working there is gonna know anything about 2001 like yeah i moved here (laughs) two years ago buddy i was like hey i'm 19 yeah yeah what are you talking about (laughs) robert who yeah Yeah. and then you kyle keeps trying you know lost highway the little rascals (laughs) you know yeah i was too young for robert blake yeah uh yeah so who knows that could have happened after you know uh all this went down but the craziest thing is that they're eating there. They go to leave. They go to their car a block and a half away. When they get to the car, Robert realizes that he doesn't have his gun on him. And Whoops. that's yeah, that's a big deal because <laughs> he was carrying his gun to and fro because they were being threatened because there are a whole bunch of people saying, "Bonnie, we're going to fucking kill you for stealing our money." And so that's between 9 and 19 angry men 
who had been jilted and credit card stolen. That's a sequel to 12 Angry Men? Yeah. <laughs> 9 to 19 Angry Men. <laughs> Dean Martin's zombie is wheeling himself towards them. Yeah. <laughs> Robert Blake, though, was telling friends at that time that he swear he saw a black Mercedes uh, on his tail. Yeah. He kept seeing it around and thought it was chasing him. Well, I mean, this town is full of black Mercedes. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Yeah. You, you got to see what I you think, want. I think he's like, he, he learned some lessons from Bonnie, maybe, like how to set up plausible deniability for the lie that you're going to plant. Yeah. How are you not paranoid married to Bonnie? Yes. And I think I think the walls are closing in on, on her and him. And he's like, I got to do something. Like, this woman is trying to ruin me. Yeah. Literally trying to ruin him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so this gun he took everywhere. and He's Beretta, if you will. Yeah, he wanted to kill the goons. He's like, hey, I'm Beretta, <laughs> and I got one, too. <laughs> oh, wait, I know. Yeah. Jesus. Yeah, he, like, he, it's he, not he, like Chris he, Hemsworth carries around his, uh, what is it, this ha- mallet or hammer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah the Thor's hammer. <laughs> I imagine if it tells he's eating the pasta with the, with the gun around yeah. it. <laughs> He's just looping it around it. Yeah. <laughs> the tomatoes keep falling off. He's cutting, <laughs> cutting his veal with the with the gun in his head. Point of the menu, uh, Monsieur, <laughs> Monsieur. We would uh, appreciate it if you did not. Uh, it's, a, it's a French restaurant. Yeah. <laughs> he scratches his nose with it. Yeah. <laughs> he wipes his mouth with his, uh, his ziti. Yeah. <laughs> so. He wants to kill the goons that are looking to kill him and his wife. He tells her, you know what? Wait in the car. I'm so concerned about you being murdered, but let me leave you alone two blocks away. I got to run and get my gun. And he leaves it there like it's his wallet. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you don't forget a gun. No. No. Not when you're at this level of stress being followed and being threatened constantly. But it does seem like a perfect situation to show you haven't, the gun has an alibi now. Yeah. And so does he. Yeah. Uh, it just so happens, while he's gone on his little saunter to get his gun, uh, that his wife was murdered in the car that he left her in. In cold blood. In cold blood. <laughs> in cold blood. In cold blood. Just like the putty. Uh, How about that? Yeah. Uh, so what's crazy about this, other than oh, all boy, of the yeah. circumstances. Besides everything we've heard so far. Yeah. Yeah, stop the presses. Now it's about to get yeah, crazy. Yeah, let's turn yeah. on the crazy button now. <laughs> There is not one, not one person who was at Vitello's, either working or dining, that said they saw him come back for the gun. Not one person witnessed him come back to the restaurant. A very crowded restaurant, by the way, on a Friday night. Uh, not one person testified that he came back. So he wants us to take his word for it, or the, the jury or whoever is hearing this bullshit story. Yeah. And that would be unforgettable. If he looked anything like his Lost Highway <laughs> persona. Yeah, he was dressed in all that leather <laughs> and yeah. baby powder on his face. Imagine yeah. you having a slice of pizza, and then he comes, hey, uh, can you move a little bit? My yeah. gun's underneath your chair. Yeah. <laughs> you would remember that. Yeah. Can you uh, move your uh, kid's booster seat? My gun's underneath Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's the thing. Like, If the gun's on the table, there would be a waiter or waitress like bussing it. Yeah. And if not, someone would have seen him pick a gun up off a table or like a fucking couch. Yeah, or whatever. How you, you're not gonna miss uh, Beretta, you know, picking up a gun out of an Italian restaurant. Yeah, it's, yeah. and it's Beretta. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it, it just fits. 
again, you like can't if, miss Chris, him. if Chris Hemsworth ran in, yeah. hey, where's my hammer? Yeah. Everyone would remember that. This yeah. little five one guy that looks like a, a vampire coke dealer, you're not going to miss this guy. Yeah. If he's de- definitely going to get his gun. The only thing that was attested to was that Robert Blake's neighbor, Sean Stanick, testified that Robert showed up to his place slamming on his door, screaming for help, saying Bonnie was beat up, and that, quote, they were mugged or something, end quote. What? Yeah. Uh, their neighborhood, Their neighborhood was almost a mile away, which means he ran or got a ride to the neighborhood right after the shooting happened. Hmm. But where, I, I don't know, just to play devil's advocate here, uh, where else would you go? Like, like Back to the restaurant to be like, somebody fucking help now. Is there yeah. a doctor in the house? That's true. Call 911. Yeah. You run further away. You're a block and a half away from a phone. You're going to run all the way to your neighbor's house and be like, my wife is b- beat up. Yeah. It is convenient that... He went to find his gun, so he conveniently didn't have to describe any. Um, he didn't. He wasn't like a witness to it. Yeah, you know, so he didn't have to give a description of the killer. Yeah, but he also told his neighbor that they were mugged. He was not there when it happened. Yeah, it, there's a lot of. What weird if he stuff. got someone else to shoot Bonnie for him? Uh, I think you're getting warmer. Okay. I think that is most likely what happened. But here's the 911 call from the uh, the neighbor here. Sean so, um, do you know who the after Robert Blake is? Yes. <laughs> Why did they open with that? He's yes. screaming severely. I'm, I, I know him from the neighborhood here. Okay. Get an ambulance. She's conscious. Is she conscious, Robert? No. She's not conscious. She's breathing. Is she breathing? Yeah, they're coming. They're coming. No. She's a mile away. <laughs> Like what? And I like what how, is going on? Hey, you know Robert Blake? Yeah, do you know the actor Robert Blake? Like, I'm what? wasting valuable breath here. And then he introduces himself. He's like, I'm Sean Stanek. <laughs> you may yeah. know me from absolutely nothing, but my yeah. name's Sean Stanek. Here's my headshot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Here's Bonnie's headshot. Oh, is her head? Whoa. Headshot. Ooh. All the way up it. Yeah. <laughs> Take uh, my wife, please. Please. <laughs> so uh, Mr. Gubatosi slash Robert Blake. He swore he was innocent throughout the entire investigation. Mr. Gubatosi, Mr. Bob Gubatosi. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't brought that one back in a while. Wow, moment. that's an original <laughs> right there. A blast from the past. Mr. Yeah. Gubatosi, Mr. Bob Gubatosi. No pun intended, a blast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, after a year, the police arrested him and his bodyguard in connection with the murder. The bodyguard, too? Yeah. The Kevin wow. Costner of the situation. Wow. Yeah. Uh, a highly scrutinized trial followed with allegations from the defense that Bakley had a history of defrauding people and was murdered by the very people she fucked over with an axe to grind. The prosecution said Blake had tried to hire stuntmen to orchestrate the killing, but after two guys backed out, he did the killing himself. And I think that's where the prosecution messed up because I don't think he did it. I think he hired someone, and yeah. the second he got away... They were already there. They knew, and they got rid of her. For sure, because the gun didn't match. His gun is 100%. not the murder weapon. Yes. And he he wasn't there for it. He went back to Vitello's. Yes, the gun that he said he got back at Vitello's does not match the bullets that were inside her body, and not one gun that he owned matched any of the bullets that were inside the body. So but that's that, good planning if he actually did it that. It is, yeah. And it's like, I guess his defense is, why would, why would I get another gun? Why don't I just kill my wife with the gun I have? You're like, yeah. 
so you can get away with it? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Uh, Blake was also interviewed by Barbara Walters and proclaimed his innocence, the clip of which was shown during the trial. Wow. And I don't know how this helped him. <laughs> his lawyer at the time, Tom Mesero, who later left the case to defend Michael Jackson. <sighs> oh, really? Yeah. He strongly advised Blake not to do this interview. Wow. That guy is crushing the legal system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he crushing must, souls. Yeah. yeah. He must have made millions over like Oh, like, for sure. He just cleaned millionaire murderers out. Yeah, and rapists. <laughs> yeah. Child rapists. <laughs> okay. Oh, boy. Uh, tell us what you really think. Yeah. <laughs> and in this That's interview, he talks about the daughter situation as well because yeah. um he changed the daughter's name from christian to rose by the way yeah rosebud oh you're a boss Sean, give me an idea when no, you're really no, no question you're the boss robert are you innocent of course of course i'm innocent of course i'm innocent what if you are found all right that's what are they going to do me. to me? All right, let's go What home. are they going to do to me that they here. haven't done already? They took away my entire past. They took away my entire future. What's left for them to take? You're going to take my testicles and make earrings out of them? Whoa, whoa, <laughs> hey. Why this isn't Tom Snyder. Relax here, buddy. What did she mean to you? What did she mean to you? The daughter. You're not serious. Well, this is a baby that you no, were not sure was yours. This was my baby. You just knew that. This was my daughter. I knew. Of course I knew that. Right. Of course I knew that. <laughs> See, you think I'm a monster, too? No. That I can't Robert, pick up my own baby and know that she's mine? No, Robert. It's like he's <laughs> right out of the elephant man. <laughs> you think I'm a monster? They're I'm a both, human being. They're both not real human beings. It's just weird to watch like that type of... like Interaction? Yeah, it's like a... They're they don't act, have. Uh, they're both acting. Yeah. Not, not, not true, like real emotions as people. They're not normal people. Yeah, that looks weird. They're on another level. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that is yikes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Normally, not good to give such an interview while you're wearing orange pajamas. Yeah, for real. But he he, he orchestrated this whole thing. Maybe he knew better. <sighs> I mean. These guys know how to work the uh, the media, apparently. Yeah. Um, he knew how to work the jury, apparently, because in March 2005, four years after this murder, uh, Blake was acquitted of the murder charge, as well as one count of soliciting murder. So he was charged with three things. He was charged with uh, the actual murder and two counts of soliciting murder. The jury was deadlocked on a second murder solicitation charge, but after he was acquitted of the other two, the judge just uh, dismissed the third. So, like, he didn't have to go back to trial for that. Nice. Last wow. <laughs> nice. <laughs> uh, and Noah Blake, his son, in a later interview said, thank God for OJ. Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, meaning, Walked like. so he could run. Setting the precedent of a celebrity getting, getting acquitted. It. Yeah. For obvious murder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, eight months later, a jury in civil court found Robert Blake was liable for the murder and ordered him to pay $30 million in damages to Bakley's children. After Robert appealed the case, the damages were cut in half. So he owed 15 now, which is still good luck. It's a hefty chunk <laughs> of change. Yeah. Well, he should do like OJ and just incorporate down in uh, Florida so he don't have to pay anything. Yeah. Another parallel where OJ 
lost the civil trial. Yeah, yeah everyone loses a civil trial. I guess the bar is a lot lower for the civil trial. Oh, 100%. Yeah. 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 Uh, he filed for bankruptcy right after the $15 million uh, fee. Of course, cut in half, he's not going to pay that. Yeah. And uh, Kyle, didn't you say that he was jealous of Phil Spector? Majorly jealous of Phil Spector because they both had their things happen around the same time. And he was like railing to Pierce Morgan being like, he got to go home during his trial. I was locked up like an animal. And it's like, well, you were acquitted and Phil Spector was found guilty. Yeah. He died in prison and you're still jealous that he got to like kick up and relax for the trial. I feel like Robert Blake is angry at the world. Oh, yeah, angry. absolutely. Yeah. He's like a 5-1 guy, you know, Napoleonic complex, all that stuff. And he just was angry at everyone. You know, the system did him wrong. Yeah. And, and he's going to get revenge. The, and he, the media, the police. His parents. Everyone oh, fucked dad, him over. Yeah, he still was mad at his dad. He also says uh, I, th- there is some uh, news stories that his parents could have been sexually abusive to him also. Probably. Yeah. I mean, Jesus. And it, maybe if his dad killed himself, maybe that's, you know, uh, maybe a reason. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, in 2012, he went on to Pierce Morgan to uh, promote his self-published memoir, Tales of a Rascal. <laughs> uh, I think it was self-published. I think we talked about it before that uh, he was trying to get a- get away from uh, the OJ experience where OJ actually signed a deal with a publisher if I did it. And then the Goldmans were able to take those uh, that book over and yeah. every sale went to them. Oh, yes. did it? Yeah. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that was the only way they actually got any money from him because he never paid them. Crazy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, he appeared on Pierce Morgan tonight, and Morgan questioned the actor about Bonnie, and he goes off. He was like, she's a con artist, and she had people that she burned. I didn't write a book about her. I wrote it about me. Oh, my God. Goes crazy. I'll show you a clip here and show you how unhinged he actually gets. And in the clip. Wait, I, because we just saw him very unhinged, so oh, I can it's, imagine. This, this is worse. Barbara Walters, that was like tea time. Yeah. That's fucking, yeah, Teletubbies over there. And in this clip, he's wearing sleeveless chaps and a cowboy hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what? He looks insane. Do you believe Am I still on the stand? No, I'm teasing. Go ahead. I understand. I want to get to the truth if I can. To the truth if you can. Be careful. Was Bonnie... I want you to be careful because sometimes that guy in the ear tends to insult me a little bit. You want to get to the truth if you can. Does that mean I'm lying to you? I'm not saying you're lying. But you're saying you don't know if I'm telling the truth. What the hell is the difference? My skin is a little bit thin. You think that's a murder? Which is why I stay away (laughs) from people mostly. I've never allowed anybody to okay. ask me the questions that you're asking. You've got a lot of skin here, Robert. What I presumed to be a very important moment in your life. You've written a book about your life. I wrote a don't book about my detail. life. I didn't write a book about that night, and I didn't write a book about Bonnie. Oof. You're starting to look silly. Says the guy what? in the cowboy hat. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's stupid. <laughs> Sleeveless shirt. You're not off. getting any place because there's no place to get. He's you're just like the cops. I would go out to dinner with her to kill her. What the matter with you? I didn't say you killed This interview seems like it's directed by I David didn't. Lynch also. Maybe the rest of his life is directed by <laughs> yeah. David Lynch after Lost Highway. <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely unhinged. If anybody wants to go on YouTube, look up the Pierce Morgan interview with Robert Blake. There's like six. I'm not out of order. This whole network's out of order. <laughs> six chapters of it. It's fucking, it's fascinating to watch. And at the end, Pierce Morgan is like, I didn't say you killed her. And yeah. he's like, but you didn't say I did it. <laughs> yeah, he's like, well, I'm not a witness for you. I'm asking <laughs> yeah, you questions. Yeah, like, like, Pierce Morgan can 
be an asshole and he can be like super biased, but in this interview, he did nothing wrong. Yeah. Absolutely he, nothing. He's like always in the middle of shit these days. Yeah. He, he's heavily involved with Trump and stuff. So, yeah. Robert Blake was just, you know, unhinged in every appearance. I think he. He uh he tried to intimidate you before you intimidated him. Mm-hmm. I think that he was like he was aggressive just because he anticipated someone was going to start messing with him. Yeah. yeah. So he like went full off, super irate and incoherent. He was uh calling Morgan a liar and just railing against the police who he quote says, "Ripped my guts out and left me beside the road to die." What the hell is he talking about? Yeah. They I left mean, me in a cement box for a year <laughs> yeah yeah speaking of in front of the box that's what i did my whole career 99 yeah. percent of it i hated it and but- he always talked in rhymes and riddles yeah he does with a kind of aggressive poetry yeah because he calls piers morgan charlie potatoes yeah eventually <laughs> he kind of lightens up and he goes all right ask your questions charlie potatoes <laughs> <laughs> does he assume he's irish that like that's what yeah. he's thinking i wouldn't put any logic into what he's <laughs> yeah. saying yeah <laughs> and after he was acquitted he did an interview with barbara walters again yeah and in that one he says that i went from saddam hussein to sea biscuit Whatever that means. In terms of what? <laughs> and then Barbara, don't think about it too hard. I think that's 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 the plan though to confuse people, which they're still thinking about that crazy line you just said. Yeah. So they they can't they don't know how to move forward. And Barbara told him, "You do have a way with words. Yeah, <laughs> a way with a lot of things. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we have a clip of his last interview ever, and he still." You know, he's well adjusted and he's gotten over everything. (laughs) Still got it. Yeah. 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 No sarcasm there. Yeah. See for yourself. To this day, I hate him. I'm still here. You bastards. I'm still here. I didn't die in that box. Talking about the cops. Yes. I thought he was talking about death and I'm still here. (laughs) I'm 85 years old. I'm beat up all the hell and gone. But I'm still here. And you're still pounding a beat. Smoke that. Smoke that, smoke Jack. that, Jack. <laughs> so yeah, like, anyway. If it was a movie, that's the moment it would cut to the ending credits. How you like me now? <laughs> yeah, man. So he, uh, you know, lived the rest of his life until early this month, uh, March 9th, He passed away, uh, and who knows if he actually did it. My final thought, my gut instinct, is that I think he orchestrated and paid for it. I don't yeah. think he actually did it. Uh, but I mean, he had a lot on the line. If she tried to divorce him, she already knew. He already knew that she was like saying crazy shit. Like you wanted to sell the baby, yeah. And he's like, "What are you talking about?" He's like, "Remember the person you said would buy the bababy for a hundred thousand mm-hmm. dollars?" And he's like, "No, I don't know what you're talking about." And she goes, "I'm just telling you what I know." That's not a a realistic response to that. No. Yeah, I'm telling you what I know because you know something you heard. Like, yeah, maybe she's thinking of like plugging in something or she's setting up some big intricate lie or something with yeah. other people. But also, um, I was going to say with that, imagine the stuff that we haven't heard that maybe the, she had some real stuff on him. Yeah. Oh, was I like bet. legit because he has a history like back to the little rascals days. Yeah. <laughs> he, used, he used to deal coke and heroin and stuff like in his 20s and stuff. Yeah. And like he he had a bad history overall. Yeah. He was a messed up guy. Jeez. And I think there was something there. Maybe he got drunk one night and spilled some crazy things. Maybe. Right. And at the center of the trial, um, there were two stuntmen that were supposedly the, the men that he hired to kill her. Yeah. And they were Wizkid McClarty 
and Duffy Hamilton. I wonder if he knows Wiz Kid Donnie uh, from <laughs> oh, Magnolia. The, right. Yeah. Or Wiz Khalifa. Wiz Khalifa. Yeah. <laughs> and they're both like grizzled stuntmen from the old days. Yeah. One of them was, did stunts in the Blues Brothers. Oh, wow. John 2000? No. Oh. That mu- that, oh, I was going to say, that must have been a crazy job, though. Like, Oh, yeah. Like every car blew up in that movie. Yeah. Ducking like, helicopters. They blew yeah. up a gas station for a deleted scene. <laughs> yeah, Duck, that's ducking insane. helicopters. Ducking <laughs> helicopters. <laughs> yeah, it got worse in yeah. Landis Productions. Yeah. I'll never understand stuntmen. Like they do some crazy stuff for yeah. like twenty dollars. Yeah. And then um, <laughs> the defense actually had a theory that those two stuntmen they were known to be friends with Christian Brando. And then there was this other guy named Mark Jones who was a transient handyman and a meth addict. In fact, they all did meth. Yeah. And so <laughs> he was known to have a Walter P-38, which is the murder weapon that killed Bonnie Bakley. And there's a witness that was able to identify that Duffy Hamilton was looking for this Mark Jones fellow one day, the handyman. And so... A month after the murder of Bonnie Bakley, this transient handyman, Mark Jones, killed himself. Oh, wow. And at this point... Very convenient. Um, Christian Brando died in 2009 of pneumonia. Uh, the the stuntmen are dead. Yeah. Duffy Hamilton, I wasn't able to confirm, but I was. I heard he's also dead. So that means there's no living... This player is, anymore. This wow. is like the, Saga. This is like the end of Goodfellas, the Lutanza heist. Yeah. Where everyone, everyone gets found dead. Yep. That's it. So Everybody we'll, got fucking whacked. I mean, <laughs> we'll never know, but it sounds like our final thoughts is he hired somebody. Yeah. I think so. I think that's, that's my gut, and I'm sticking to it. And okay. you're never going to find out who it is because... They are not going to be like, oh yeah, yeah. By the way, I did that. You yeah, know? it's never going. There's never going to be a deathbed confession or anything because yeah. they're all dead already. Yeah, they're deados. Yeah, they hey. missed their chance. <laughs> yeah, and you could be a deado too if you sign up for <laughs> Patreon.com slash Death and Entertainment. Our smooth transition into the the. Uh, we are live. Patreon. If you want to support the show, ten or fifteen or ten or five dollars. Whoa. Yeah. I mean, we could set up a fifteen dollar one if you want to do it, but. Yeah. Uh, yeah, support the show if you want. We don't do ads here. Come on! Give us some shekels, and we'll uh, we'll hook you up with some extra bonus footage and uh, a whole bunch of stuff. We already have things there waiting for you. I want to add in a couple of final thoughts. Yes. Um, comedian Jimmy Kimmel made a comment at this last Academy Awards um, a couple of weeks ago here that was deemed inappropriate and insensitive Ooh. about Robert Blake. After the actor's recent death, uh, on the topic of whether or not Blake should be included in the annual In Memorial montage, Kimmel said, everyone, please get your phones out. It's time to vote, even at home. If you think Robert Blake should be included in the In Memorial montage, text Give Me a Blake to the number on your screen or any number. <laughs> ho, ho, ho. <laughs> <laughs> Hilarious, Jimmy Kimmel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Noah Blake. Publicly said that the joke landed with a thud. Oh yeah! yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And I have an update on daughter Rose. Okay, who was raised by Robert Blake's other daughter, Delina. Yes, Rose met up with her father in 2019. Oh wow! And that was the first time she saw him since the trial. Wow! Yeah, so she did not know him growing up or ever. 
and she wanted to just hear about her childhood and yeah. her mom and see some photos. And she deliberately told him, I do not want to know anything about that night. Wow. So, but she seems to be well-adjusted considering. I would only want to know about that night. <laughs> yeah. She doesn't want to know. Wow. But she seems like a very nice girl. She's about 20 now. Wow. Yeah. So, well, Oof. whatever. It's hard to put yourself in her shoes. Sure. Yeah. Because that is some family drama. Ah, uh, you think? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really do think. From yeah. her mama. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I have my own uh, Robert Blake Geener. Oh, boy. When asked if he wanted to get married again, Blake said, I'll give it a shot. Hello! Oh, my God! (laughs) Mic drop. That goes on for a very long time. (laughs) I'm not worthy. Yeah. And then before we close out, I have a little mailbag here. Hello. Mailbag mailbag it up. We got uh, about the bridge episode. Sarah Alyssa commented in response to us getting banned on YouTube. Boo! And Michelle D. (laughs) said the podcast was hilarious as usual, and I thought it was particularly impactful when you mentioned that these poor souls were washed away in the ocean. Yeah. And that allowed the problem to be avoided. So basically, you know, when I said that if there was blood on the pavement, they would have had to deal with it more. But the the water just washed it away. Fair. And then Rye Dog said... That's the problem with mental illness. Not talking about it and ignoring the elephant in the room leads to poor decisions. Shame on YouTube for censoring mental illness discussion. Amen. And then Dana Plato, Checker222 said, Great coverage, guys. Keep up the excellent work. Darren Hatfield wrote, Another stellar show, boys. And regarding our Patreon, Gustav said, Love the episode. And I think Patreon is a great deal. Yes. And then Relagood11 (laughs) said, running there now, when we posted that we have a Patreon. And a friend of the show, Saul155, had a nice comment. He said he loved uh, the episode on Dana Plato, and he said, keep up the good work. And uh, shout out to Saul155. Thank you very much. Thank you all for listening and those that signed up for the Patreon and those that comment and continue to spread the word. Yes. Spread the good word of death and entertainment to your friends, family, people you hate that you want to wish (laughs) a bad podcast on to. (laughs) Anybody. To the waiter who's uh, that Italian restaurant you love to gun it. (laughs) Boom, boom, pow. Bada bing, bada boom. Bada boom, bada bing. Arrivederci. We love you. You know where to find us everywhere. Send us a death threat, deathandentertainment at gmail.com. And until next week, don't go dying on us. Bye. You have just heard a true Hollywood murder mystery. I have never seen anything like this before. The movies, Broadway, music, television, all of it. A place that manufactures nightmares. Okay, everybody, that's a wrap. Good night. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon.